My name's Will DeFreeze, and this is the Sunday Scaries Podcast, your cure for the Sunday blues. Today's guest is someone who I started following about five years ago, long before we found ourselves where we each are today. You might have seen her on her HBO series, Los Spookies. You may follow her on Instagram, where she posts near-daily laugh-out-loud clips. And you may even listen to her podcast, The Worst, or her old podcast, Lady Lovin'. Her name is Greta Teitelman, and she's one of my favorite internet personalities that I've never actually met before. That is, until we sat down earlier this week to discuss everything from why she turned to comedy to why she keeps crystals on her bedside table. But before we get into the interview, let's hear from this week's presenting sponsor, Raycon. Whether you're working from home or working on your fitness, you want what you're listening to to be what you're listening to. You don't want to hear your significant others, your roommates, or whoever else to hear what you're listening to either. Everyone needs a great pair of wireless earbuds, but before you go dropping hundreds of dollars on a pair, you need to check out the wireless earbuds from Raycon. You already know that Raycon earbuds started about half the price of any other premium wireless earbuds on the market and that they sound just as amazing as the other top audio brands you know. I've been using mine daily since I received them in the mail and I can wholeheartedly say that I don't miss my old earbuds an ounce. I use them while I'm on my Peloton, I use them while I'm doing some stretching, I just use them while I'm walking around the house. They're great. Their newest model, the Everyday E25 earbuds, are their best ones yet with six hours of playtime, seamless Bluetooth pairing, more bass, and more compact design that gives you a nice, noise-isolating fit. And I must say, as somebody who has earbuds falling out of their ears at all times when I'm doing something active, these have yet to even budge. Unlike some of your other wireless options, Raycon earbuds are both stylish and discreet with no dangling wires or stems to distract anyone during video calls. Pick up a pair and see what the hype is all about. Now's the time to get the latest and greatest from Raycon. Get 15% off your order at buyraycon.com slash scaries. That's buyraycon.com slash scaries for 15% off Raycon wireless earbuds. Buyraycon.com slash scaries. And now, here's Greta Teitelman. Okay, Greta, you're somebody that I've been following for a very long time, probably over five or even six years at this point. You're somebody that I've wanted to have on the podcast for a very long time, so I thank you for taking time out of your day. Welcome. Thank you. I'm so happy to be chatting with you. You have been like my OG fan. I know. I I found you through Lady Lovin' uh, a long time ago. I used to listen to it on my way to work. And now... uh, I just crack up at everything you do on Instagram every day. So it's a really good relationship yeah. we have here. Oh my God. My, I ate shit recording an Instagram video the other day and I have major injuries. Oh no. I like hardcore fell off that skateboard. It was no joke. It's not fun to fall. As somebody who's fallen off many skateboards in my day, I can vouch that it is definitely not fun. My friends saw this video. I, I literally like fall onto pavement off of a skateboard going maybe one mile an hour. I'm, I don't know how I went so fast or so slow and fell so hard. Like, I don't understand. That's like the entire pain of learning how to skateboard. It's like, how do how does this one little pebble on the sidewalk make me go flying like five feet past the board? It's just, and I have to say, I am like shredding on a skateboard. (laughs) I, my quarantine, one of my quarantine goals was Abe got a skateboard, and then when I saw it, I immediately was like, I need to be able to shred. I need to see, I need to pick it back up. I was always a childhood skater, and I did it through high school when, during like my 
my lame punk rock phase and now I need to get back into it and bring it full circle. Your punk phase was not lame. Never lame to go through a punk phase. <laughs> I miss it. I miss it every day. I, I was, I've never been cooler than I was then. Yeah. It was the coolest I've ever been. 100%. <laughs> well, so, so if people haven't heard of you and they're listening right now, mm. I'm going to ask you a similar question to a conversation that came up in an interview from a couple of weeks ago. But if you're talking to an Uber driver and they ask what you do for work, what do you tell them? If it's an Uber driver in LA, I tell them that I work in advertising. <laughs> in LA, I don't want to get because here, every Uber driver, for the most part, like this is a single industry town. Yeah. So no matter where you go, it's always someone that is like tangentially in the same world as you. And in LA, I lie about what I do. Anywhere else, I would say um, I'm a comedian and uh, I would just say I'm a comedian. And then if we got into it more, I'd say I write and I act. I, th I think that works. I think comedian's a good overlying uh, title for yourself. Yeah, but you know, that really like, a lot of the times when you say you're a comedian, it really like opens up the door for like a lot of like cringy conversations. Like tell me a joke. What's, oh, like. Yeah, like what? tell me a joke. Um like what, what, who do you, like, what comedians do you love? Like mm. that kind of thing. And I'm always just like, Ugh, I don't want to talk about this. So then that's when you can be like, I'm a copywriter or something like that. Well, as somebody who has had numerous podcasts in the past, you can probably identify with the fact that like the second somebody knows you have a podcast and you start talking to them, they're like, Oh, are you going to use this for your podcast? Or what about this for your podcast? It's like, yeah, no, I'm not going to. It's just, I think that a lot of people think that, like, whenever you say that you do stand-up or that you're a stand-up, it seems like, because to the common person that's not, like, a stand-up fan, it's, like, there's Amy Schumer and Dave Chappelle and every huge famous comedian, and then there's no one. Yeah. It's, like, they don't understand the building blocks of the career. So it's hard to explain to someone that you're a stand-up comedian. And I've one time had an Uber driver truly say to me, but you're not actually a stand-up comedian because if you were, I'd know who you are. And yeah. I'm just like, <laughs> it's like, Oh, if you were, then you'd be riding in like an XL black car or something like that. <laughs> like I wouldn't be in your fucking Camry, honey. <laughs> well, how did you have the realization that you wanted to go into comedy? Because that's not only kind of an intimidating realization, but it's a very risky one. A lot of people never make it. And so you kind of yeah. have to have some guts and some, some kind of basis for doing that. What was your realization like? Well, my mom died when I was a, uh, my mom died around my senior year of college mm -hmm. and I was studying art and photography in school and I was in school in New York. So I was already in a place that had a lot to offer with like performing and that kind of thing. Um, and when my mom died, I kind of just had this moment where I, I mean, not just one moment, but you know, and I don't, I don't know if anyone you've been close to has passed away, but it's like, 
it just makes you reevaluate how you spend your time. Yeah, it puts things in perspective. And yeah, and it just makes you think more critically about like, you know, you you feel your mortality a bit more when someone close to you dies, and you kind of are forced to think about the grand scheme of your life in a way that like I don't think I probably would have as a twenty one year old. Really. It, taken the time to think about my life in that way had that not happened to me. Um, so yeah, my mom died and then I always wanted to perform. I always wanted to do that. That was always my dream, but I was always like too scared to pursue that or to be honest about that. Because a lot of the time when you say like, I want to be a comedian or I want to be an actor or I want to be this like lofty big thing a lot of people's reactions are like okay yeah. you know like sure and I want to be the president yeah. you know so and now being the president actually seems easier to become than it's never <laughs> it's never know. felt more easy to yeah to take that route um so yeah then I then I started getting into comedy I I started in like I started doing improv classes and then I realized that I was more of a stand-up person mm -hmm. and I started doing that. And then I, you know, like anything, I think I kind of gave myself like mental benchmarks to be like, you know, I didn't want to be one of those people that you meet that you turn to your friend and you're like, they're delusional, you yeah. know? So I kind of was like, I need to give myself a timeline and if I start to gain traction in this in some way, then like I can keep working toward it. I think that makes sense. I mean, yeah, you don't, you don't want to sound like that delusional person. When I started writing for the first time, I didn't tell people, I was like, I don't want people, I don't want my close friends to know that I'm doing this because then if I fail, they're all going to be like, well, of course you failed. Like, why would you ever right. go into that thinking that it was something that you can do? Right. Uh, what was it like doing the first time doing stand up? I get nervous. We've done, only done a couple live shows for uh, Circling Back, and I've I get just so nervous, and it's not even just me up there. I mean, was your first couple times were you just scared, or were you just confident enough to get through it? Oh, the first time I ever, the first time I ever did stand up, I got on stage and I destroyed. <laughs> I had like. I had a crazy experience where like I got on stage. I think it was because I had no idea who anyone was. I had no idea anything about the world. Yeah. So like, my, I just, I didn't know anything. So it was almost like I didn't really care yeah. in my mind. Everyone was in this room at this open mic. We're just a bunch of people in the room. Now looking back, there were so many like, amazing comics in that room that had I known I was like in front of these peers that I would end up really caring about it probably would have been incredibly different mm -hmm. but but yeah my first time doing it I like got on stage and then I I crushed and I got off stage and I truly was like this isn't hard <laughs> I, like, I invented stand-up comedy this isn't hard like come on yeah. you know I mean, that's a, that's a good first experience to have. I don't think too many people walk away from that thinking like, wow, this is a really easy occupation to get into right now. Oh yeah. I was like, that's it done. I'm so good. And then I proceeded to bomb for like a solid two years. <laughs> well, you got to roll with the punches, I guess. 
Yeah, you know, I love a good bomb. Like, I really, I appreciate them now. I remember, you know, sometimes you have bombs that shake you to your core, uh, that make you feel absolutely like you completely abandoned yourself or something. But now I've come to appreciate them. Now that it's all just growing, you know. What was a night like after one of those? A bomb? Yeah. Oh, well, it depends. Like in the beginning, in the beginning, in the first few years, um, I took it much harder than I try and do now. Mm -hmm. Like pretty much after a bomb, I would just immediately have to leave. Like I wouldn't even like stay for the rest of the show. I would just like do, I would do it and then I'd just be gone. I mean... I don't know. It's hard. I'm I'm crazy hard on myself. I'm so obsessive and hard on myself that I work on it a lot in therapy. And, you know, you can really get stuck in, like, a self-flagellating mentally, being, like, running it over in your head, being like, why did I do this? Why did I do that? Like, why did I – you know, just, like, mm -hmm. so many things because – when you're on stage, it's all energy. Yeah. You know what I mean? So if you get on stage and you have that energy that's really just like, I know what I'm saying is fucking funny. I'm here to entertain you. Like, then you're kind of golden. Yeah. It's all just about your confidence and what you're giving off. Like, so much of it is that. You know, obviously, the other part of it is material, but there's so much of it that's like, just like your stage presence. Mm -hmm. And I used to just get off stage and I'd be like, why did I let myself waver in confidence? Why did I do this? Why did I do that? But now I just, now you just got to fucking move on. Now you need to leave it in the room. Some of the best advice I was ever given was by a good friend of mine who is a performer I look up to. And he told me, you bomb, you you let it happen in the room, you leave it in the room, and when you leave, that's it, it's over, it's done, you have to move on. So now I try to abide by that. In in the content game, you've always had to have a thick skin and a short memory. And like those are the two things that I've always just tried to carry with me because if you harp on everything too much, then you're just going to drive yourself insane and never go anywhere. And if you don't have a short memory, then you're just going to keep on thinking about those times. Yeah, you just can't. But you know what? I do... I, I, it's very exhausting having a thick skin all the time. I will say <laughs> I, I have, I have major, major lapses, uh, weekly where I'm like, Oh, how, how dare this person say this about me? I just get angry. Yeah. Or like, you know, when people say, well, you got to have a thick skin, like you want to be in this industry, you got to have a thick skin. And in my mind, I'm like, yes, bitch, I have Teflon skin. My skin is so fucking thick, but it still doesn't mean that things can't like chip away at you over yeah. time. Yeah. You know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's a lot. I mean, you really put yourself out there. Uh, if any, if, if anyone follows you on Instagram, they know that. And one of my, like, honestly, my favorite thing about everything you do is your character gossip mag on Instagram. <laughs> and I think a lot of people truly love gossip mag. Can yes. you take, uh, can you take me through some of your Instagram characters, starting with Gossip Mag, and then we can venture into some of the other ones too? Yeah, sure. She's like a real extension of my personality. 
Um, she's like a hodgepodge of just like a bunch of people I've met in my life. And also, I don't know. I don't know where she came from. Just like, I, I'm, I, I love people that vlog about the intricacies of their life that no one cares about or knows about. Mm-hmm. I think that the confidence of people in real life that do that is like amazing. And I wish I could bottle it up and drink it. <laughs> like the confidence that some of these people have, like in the middle of nowhere who are like, you know, no, nobody. I'm saying this in quotes, nobodies, you know, well, that just like get on and vlog about random menial shit in their life. I, that's my kind of content. Well, it's I like love they're it. not trying to make a career out of it. They're just loving the, the videos that they're posting. They just want, exactly. they just want their friends react instant reactions to things. And gossip exactly. mag is like the embodiment of it. It's great. And I love, I love that. I love people just talking about their, their wacko lives and like the Mr. She, the Mr. Pib in the backseat of their car or the whatever, yeah. whatever it may be. She's just like a real wild card. And I think that like any character I make is a weird extension of some facet of my personality. So she's like a part of me in a very strong way. I've gotten to the point where that if you post one and I'm in public, I like save it on my phone to make sure that I go back to it. Cause I'm like, I don't want to forget to watch this like later Thank tonight when you. I finally get home. I need home. to make one. I'll make one. Maybe, maybe I'll make one today. They're just great. They're just great. I also, I'm a big fan of a recent one, the stepmom. Yes. Oh my God. Love her. She's like my, that's, I like love villains. We all do, but like playing a villain is so fun. And I love, I just, I love the stereotypical archetype of an evil stepmom. It's so fun. And like stepmoms that just like say inappropriate shit and mm-hmm. do inappropriate shit. It's just like a fun person to be. And I would think about like my personal hell, which would be like my dad marrying one of my friends, you know, mm-hmm. that would be my like one of my worst nightmares. So I try and think with that, I'm like, who, whose worst nightmare is this? Everyone's like, imagine. I, I, I Yeah, it would just be terrible. Yes, awful. And then to be like, I don't know. It's like it's like a heightened, more evil version of Meredith Blake from Parent Trap. That's fair. That's fair. I'm I, my mom uh, made me watch the Parent Trap numerous times growing up, and then when the Lindsay Lohan version came out, I was I was also on board with that one too. So that resonates with me. Yeah, she's just like you know the scene when they're camping and she turns to Lindsay Lohan and other Lindsay Lohan and tells them that she's sending them away to boarding school just as like so classic evil mom I love it yeah she'd be fun to be friends with but you don't want to be like family members with her and have to spend an extended period of time with no but I love yeah I love any evil uh family member I love any anything like that something that's really taken off lately and I know it's taken off because I walked into my living room the other day and saw my wife, Sally, twerking on the couch. Is your live workout classes Matcha Live? 
Can She's you... a much dancer. Yes. I literally, no, I walk in after being on the Peloton and I look at the couch and her feet are just on it and she's just dancing. And I'm like, okay, I think I know what's going on right now. I love that. Yeah. You know, the quarantine did make me sort of embrace my Jane Fonda a bit sooner than I thought. I am now a full on uncertified workout dance instructor. Um, and it's just so fun. Yeah, I started just like dancing crazy to music and posting it on Instagram. And I would call it when the matcha hits because the caffeine just gets you fucking going. And then I just, when the quarantine started, I was like, does anybody want to do this with me? And now I have a little matcha community. <laughs> I know. It's great. I mean, like a ton of people are doing it with you. You got like a thousand people on there with you. Yeah, people... People like to twerk their bodies, you know? Uh, go on. I was doing it every day. I did it every day for 38 days. And this week was my first week where I was like, I can't, I can't do it every day. Like, amazing that I did it for that long. But I was like, I need to go down. So now I'm at, now I'm at three days a week. Now we do Monday, Wednesday, Saturday. Very nice schedule, but yeah, I was like, I was like, this is intense. Yeah. Like all the workout instructors that are teaching class six days a week. I mean, it's no joke. No, no. I mean, I, I've, I'm one of the lazier people that I know. And when, uh, Sally bought a Peloton, I was like, I, I'm going to try to use this thing, but I'm never going to. And now I'm using it like every day. And I'm like, how do people do this? How do the instructors do this without like, how do they talk to the, everybody while they're on the bike and they're not just like huffing for air the entire time? Because I I feel like I can't get like a drink of water in without like throwing it right. up on the bike. I mean, it it's also amazing because like I was finding after thirty my thirty eighth matcha class straight, I was like. I was like, I'm becoming bitter. I was like, I want to yell at people on live. <laughs> like, I was like, that's not the energy I want to be bringing into this. It's like so much energy that you need to bring people. And since you can't see anyone, like since the Peloton instructors are just talking in a studio and since I'm just like screaming at my phone, it's like, it's crazy. Yeah. I mean, I respect the hell out of it. I'm kind of jealous. I, I might I might join you this Saturday for it. Please join. I have Chloe Feynman um, from SNL is dancing with us. I love it. Yeah, I might definitely have to have to chime in at this point. Tune in. <laughs> uh, you live in L.A. I, I'm a big fan of uh, all things California. I like L.A., even though a lot of yes. people hate L.A. Uh, what's the most L.A. thing about you? Oh... That's hard because I'm like, I am like East Coast through and through. Mm -hmm. I never actually realized how East Coast I was until living out here. Mm, the most California thing about me, probably the like, I wear Uggs. <laughs> That's like in the surfer way, not like in the, like the basic college girl way. No, I never wore Uggs in college. <laughs> never. I didn't really get them, honestly, until – actually, I had them my last, like, two years living in New York, but I never really wore them. I mostly wore them in the house because, like, 
my feet would get so cold during the winter. But now I'm full on like putting on Uggs to like walk and get coffee in LA. Just wearing them all the time. Yeah, but I don't even know. Like LA is actually a city that is like much deeper and much cooler than like people give it credit for. There's amazing culture that exists here beyond like the, you know, yuppie workout, mm-hmm. um, smoothie drinking, moon juice going, burning man seeking Los Angelian that we see character like caricatured everywhere. Um I don't know. I mean, I definitely, like, fuck with Erewhon, which is, like, a health food store out here. That's a very L.A. thing. Makes sense. You know, and and now, actually, the most L.A. thing about me is I complain about driving. That's understandable. I'm lucky in that whenever I go out to L.A. or California that I usually avoid like traffic just because I'm not doing things that require a commute or anything like that. And so I don't see that side of things, which is why I can just love it with all my heart and not have to worry about it. But yeah, when I first got here, I remember being like, I don't know why everyone complains so much. Like We're all just 20 minutes away from each other. Like, this is so fucking stupid. Like, we just need to make a plan. And now, like two and a half years later, I'm like, yeah, I'm not driving 15 minutes away. Yeah. I'm like, cause you get into the car. Next thing you know, you're in the car for 45 minutes. You don't know what happened. It's mm-hmm. like, yeah, the, well, you don't check ways one time and then all of a sudden you're in traffic for an hour and a half. It's like, yeah, I can't do this anymore. Hell, uh, hell. Being an East coast girl, you, you yes. tweeted something last night that resonated with me. I wasn't planning on mm-hmm. bringing this up, but it just, it yeah. just really hit me at my core. You said bagel slap. Uh, are you a bagel snob? I, like, I dream about bagels sometimes, like a good real bagel. I have been gluten-free for on and off for like over a decade because I have lupus and they think it helps with inflammation and blah, 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 blah. That being said, when I see like, videos of like commercials with bagels in them or like photos of like a toasted bagel. I, that's like porn to me. It's the best. Oh, I like, I think about going to Essa bagel in New York city and getting a pumpernickel bagel toasted with chive cream cheese. Just like, (gasps) yep. You're, you're barking up the right tree here. That's a combination that I can get behind every single time. Chive cream you know, cheese is if it's if chive cream cheese is on the menu, there's a very good chance that I'm ordering something smattered in it. It's just so good. And like bagels, when you get a good bagel, I mean, this kind of goes for bread across the board. When you get the gift of like really good bread or really good bagel, nothing is better. Yeah. I mean nothing. I moved to Texas and uh I didn't know what a breakfast taco was. I had only heard of breakfast burritos that you would get at like brunch spots or whatever. And then everyone started eating breakfast tacos. And then the, once I moved here and I, I've always been a bagel fan, uh, everybody, we all had this argument over like breakfast tacos versus bagels. And I was like, I, it's not really that close for me at this point. I just love a good bagel. Yeah. And also like breakfast tacos and bagels. Come on. You're comparing like, you're comparing like 
apples to oranges. I hate to use that, but you are. It's like you can't fucking, we can't talk here. This is not, if you want to talk to me breakfast burrito, breakfast taco, we can get into that conversation. Mm -hmm. If you want to talk to me muffin scone, we can get into that conversation. But like breakfast tacos and bagels, come on. Come on. If you want to argue that, then you'd have to argue bagels versus tortillas, which nobody's going to argue that because bagels win every single time. But they're really just a vehicle for whatever's on them too. Yes, but like a bagel is just, it's like a keystone, Mm -hmm. you know, of goodness in life. I I couldn't agree more. Uh, We've been stuck. We've been stuck inside for a long time now, I can say. I mean, you did did a home workout class for 38 straight days. So we've officially reached like (laughs) full quarantine. We can say that we've done it. Uh, What's been in your quarantine starter kit so far? And uh, how have you been coping and like distracting yourself outside of just hosting workout classes for the masses? Well, distracting myself is extremely easy for me. I am very good at getting distracted. I've gone through phases. You know, the first two weeks, I would say, I was like psychotically glued to my phone Mm -hmm. where I was just like, I think I saw everything there is to see on Instagram for about two and a half years. Like... Just so much. My screen time went up 98%, which is sick. Yeah, a little problem. bit. Um, I got sucked into TikTok holes. I mean, the TikTok hole, I can, I can go down that hole for a solid uninterrupted two hours. Every single per- – like if you didn't – if you didn't get sucked into TikTok at some point during the quarantine, then I don't know what you were doing to positively distract yourself because it was an inevitability for so many people. And here's the reality about TikTok. 99% of the content is terrible. Yeah. It's bad. I watch it and I'm like, why the fuck did I just watch this? But yet I can't stop, you know? And next thing you know, I'm watching like some like hot – 12 year old living (laughs) wherever like lip syncing some fucking soundcloud rap song doing some dance challenge and then like i'm trying to learn the dance i'm like this is so mentally (laughs) fucked i've just been getting i get lost in the in the like high school the country high school kids from like alabama who are just sitting on the bed of their truck singing like the worst country songs you've ever heard and like they're all biting their lower lip and they have like a dip in and it's just like, what's going on? Like, who are you guys? I also got really into like the DIY TikTok world where I was like watching this like girl transform her shed into like a hangout house for she and her friends. And it was over the span of like, like eight TikToks. So I was like looking forward to seeing her progress on this shed. Bad. I, I mean, it's... I guess any distraction's good. I've always been good at entertaining myself, so it hasn't been too much of an issue for me. But I mean, the, yeah, like I said, the TikTok inevitability has always been there. Yeah, and I mean, I've been watching movies. I'm watching shows. I've finally gotten around to watching Ozark. You know, not not original quarantine content, but in season two of Ozark right now, really enjoying it. Highly recommend if you haven't. Mm-hmm. I have. Um, I, I'm I'm fully caught up. You are. Yes. And does it continue to stay good? Yes. Yes. I think there there are a couple storylines that I was not a fan of, but that's purely personal preference. I think a lot of people were because when I 
when I mentioned this publicly, no one chimed in and said, yeah, you're right about that. Storylines. Is is it in the third season? It's in the third season. I can't tell you. Yeah. So I'm, I'm in the second season right now enjoying that. I've been painting watercolor. I'm terrible painter, but I've been doing that and I've been learning to shred on the skateboard. Also, I've been cooking a lot. See, that's good. You, you have all good activities. I was meaning to, I bought a a book. I used to draw all the time and I bought a book uh, about drawing countrysides. And I was like, this is going to be a chill ass thing to do through quarantine. Just drawing countrysides in the comfort Mm -hmm. of my own home. I, I sat down for about 20 minutes and was like, man, I lost my drawing ability. I can't do this anymore. And I just threw, yeah. I, I put it all away. I was like, yep, get it out of here. It can be really discouraging. I mean, it's like you think you were good at something once, and then you sit down to do it again, and you're like, oh, I'm fucking bad. Yeah, it's like, how, how did I get so bad at this? Why was 12-year-old me so much better at drawing than 33-year-old me? It makes no sense. Maybe because you were more free. Maybe because you were less critical and you were more free. Maybe you weren't actually that good when you were 12, but you remember thinking you were. Well, my parents just recently sent me every single drawing I did from about fifth grade until about 12th grade, and I went through it all, and I definitely was not as good as I remembered. But I was also not delusional. Like I could, right. I could have gotten even better had I like trained myself. But I, I never. The talent really was there. Yeah, I never really got there. Well, you know, Picasso said he trained his whole life to unteach himself how to paint, so that he could paint like a child. That's what I need to do. So you got to do. I just need the Picasso mentality. You do. Just tap into that. Tap into it being bad. My paintings are really bad, but that's what makes them good. I think you should start like an Etsy store and then document all of it on TikTok and then just have like all this online content just circling around it. Oh my God. Those paintings on TikTok where people are just throwing those like, like hanging a bucket of paint from the ceiling and then throwing it over a canvas. (laughs) Have you seen that? Oh my God. I'll, I'll, I'll message you on TikTok and Perfect. I'll send you some good content. Perfect. Yeah. I've been trying to, I, I don't know what to do with my TikTok game right now. I don't want to follow too many people and fall down the bad hole. And I also don't want to like not follow anybody. So I need some TikTok tips. Yeah. I mean, it's really addicting, but I'm not into making them. I've made some, I'm, it's not my thing. Everyone was like, you'd pop up, pop off on TikTok. People would love you on TikTok. I was like, bitch, I'm an old dog. I just keep me on Instagram. That's like where I can do it. Virality doesn't exist in the same way on Instagram as it can exist on TikTok. But honestly, you know, whatever. Yeah, it's, I'm the same way. I'm the same way. I think when I made our circling back uh, podcast TikTok, I just made our bio that we're too old to be there. And that's hardly how I feel about it. Yes. Uh, We're going to take a quick break here from this week's sponsor. But when we come back, I'm going to ask you some very Sunday questions. So I hope you're ready for it. This week's episode is also brought to you by Roman. Talking about erectile dysfunction isn't easy. Usually guys just brush it off or blame themselves for saying things like, I just lost my mojo. Or they avoid it altogether with excuses like, I had a long day at work or, sorry honey, I'm just not feeling it. But with Roman, it's easy to talk about with a real doctor who can prescribe real medication. It's simple, safe, and the best, totally discreet. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. The doctor will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication's appropriate, Roman will ship to you f- with free two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward, simple, and discreet, and getting started is even simpler. Just go to GetRoman.com scaries and complete an online visit. Erectile dysfunction used to be tough to tackle, but now there's Roman. 
Complete an online visit today and connect with a doctor and take care of it. Just go to GetRoman.com slash Gary's to get a free online visit and free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman.com slash Gary's for a free visit to get started. GetRoman.com slash Gary's. And now, let's hear some Sunday questions with Greta. Are you ready for some Sunday questions? Absolutely. All right. First and foremost, what is your ideal Sunday outfit? Well, honestly, I'm kind of wearing it. Describe what you're wearing right now for anybody listening and not watching on YouTube. I'm wearing, oh my God, people are going to see my scary face on YouTube. Damn. I'm wearing a Hawaiian shirt and I'm wearing a, a chill Hawaiian shirt. I'm wearing some hoop earrings. I like to wear earrings when I don't have makeup on my face. It makes me feel like more done without doing anything. That makes sense. My hair is a damn mess. Anyone watching this on YouTube will see, will be like, girl, you need to wash your hair. I probably do. Um, and yeah, I like, I like to wear comfy clothes, but I'm not, mm, I have a mixed relationship with sweatpants. Do tell. I have one pair. Mm -hmm. And I I love my one pair of sweatpants. But growing up, my mom never let me and my sister wear sweatpants. It was like you always had to wear proper pants. Like I was never into that vibe. So I was raised to always think that like, sweatpants were schlubby Mm -hmm. like so whenever I wear them for too long I do kind of feel like a piece of shit that makes sense but I love sweatpants that being said I love like a sweatsuit and now that they're like kind of trendy it's like you know but I'm I'm a real jeans I'm a real uniform dresser jeans always in jeans pretty much yeah and always in like a button down of sorts I mean, I respect that. I could see you doing the, uh, like the color blocked, uh, full sweatsuit vibe though. Yeah. I'd pop off with that. I mean, I do have juicy sweatsuits actually. So (laughs) I should say I don't have one pair of sweatpants. I have two juicy sweatsuits, which I fuck with. I can, that makes sense. I can see Gossip Mag like wearing juicy sweatsuits and like a Von Dutch hat. Absolutely. I really should get her a Von Dutch hat as a gift. Christmas is coming eventually. Christmas is coming. Yeah. So I guess Sunday, yeah, something chill. Or if it's hot in LA, a bathing suit so I can like sun. Makes sense. I think that's that's standard protocol. Yeah. Uh, Second question. Do you drink coffee? And if so, how do you take your coffee? If you want to answer this with matcha, that works too. I drink coffee and I do drink matcha. I go through phases with both. Right now, I'm in a serious coffee phase. My coffee, I drink Americanos and I drink Americanos with almond milk. And then if I'm not having an Americano, I will have iced coffee. I prefer iced coffee to cold brew because cold brew can fuck me up. With that caffeine, Uh however, because of quarantine, you know, I'm feeling antsy, so I like getting kind of twisted on the caffeine, so I will have a cold brew with almond milk. See, you have a very, very similar uh, outlook when it comes to coffee as me. The only thing I don't do, 
I pr- I really never drink cold brew. I only like iced coffees and Americanos. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and sometimes, like today, honestly, I like to go for this walk. I like to support my local coffee shop. And I might go there today and get myself an iced decaf Americano because I've already I'm like peaking right now on caffeine, you know? Yeah, I, I've cut down my ca- caffeine intake a lot in the past couple of years, and I'm pretty sure I got close to overdosing on caffeine about a year ago. I just had way too much. Oh. And it, I started tweaking out it messed me all up and I didn't recover from it for like two days. It makes you sick. I mean, you can like sweat profusely, like your eyes can start twitching. You can literally get heart palpitations. Yeah. It's like no joke. It was bad. I had to like miss an ent- I I had to like skip out an entire wedding weekend because I was just like so like messed up. It was really, really weird. How much coffee did you have? I had I, not even that much. I had like two cups that day, but one of them was insanely strong. And I have a feeling that the person that made it at the place put in way too much espresso and didn't realize it or something. They like doubled me up because I've gotten my intake very low. And so I can't handle that much caffeine anymore. I'm a lightweight. Yeah, I mean, I think that I'm pretty, like, my sweet spot, truly, if I can just do it, is, like, one, either one iced coffee or one Americano and then just, like, continue on with my day. But I have serious, like, oral fixation issues where I just want to sip on coffee all day. (laughs) Yeah. You know? Oh, totally. It's hard. And I love I love the ritual of coffee. I love the symbolism of coffee. I love it. Yeah. And I love matcha as well. See, I haven't gotten fully on board the matcha yet. I like what matcha stands for, but I, I just haven't fully adapted my taste buds to it. Yeah, I, I like to make myself a matcha, like a matcha Americano, same thing. Mostly water, a little bit of almond milk. Um it's good. I love KO Matcha, my basically my unofficial sponsor of my matcha class. Their matcha, the caffeine is like pretty. It's like a nice steady climb. You don't feel like a yeah. jolt, you know. Maybe I need to get myself some KO Matcha. It's really fun. And also like you get to whisk it. The whole ritual around making matcha I really enjoy. It's like very artisanal. It's one of the th- those little tiny rituals are what make me love Sundays. And the ne- yeah. it kind of leads into the next question. Uh, how do you take your eggs? Ooh, this is this is an interesting question. I did not eat eggs until I was about 19 years old. Really? Yes, I hated them growing up. Hated, hated, hated. And then I think I started eating them in college just because I was like so hungover and all of my friends were eating them and I was like, I should get into this. So for the longest time, I only ate scrambled eggs. Mm -hmm. And then I got really into eating eggs over medium. Mm -hmm. People would always fuck that up because either the yolk would be too runny or the yolk would be too hard and no one it's very rare to have a really good over medium egg so i'm kind of like that's i've always found that whenever i order it that way at a restaurant like half the time the waiter or waitress doesn't know what i'm talking about correct they're like okay so you have to abandon ship Mm -hmm. because you know you're going to be disappointed yep so then I went through an omelet phase, but sometimes omelets gross me out. I don't know why. Sometimes it's just like so much stuff that I just don't want it. 
they're just huge. I don't understand how two eggs can look like if you scramble two eggs, it looks like you have nothing. And then if you make an omelet out of two eggs, it looks like you have like an entire carton of eggs in there. It makes no sense. Correct. It's crazy. So now I'm back to kind of square one. I'm back to being a scrambled eggs girl. Okay. Yeah. Sometimes you have to return to your roots. I get it. Yeah. Uh, I kind of imagine everyone sitting around every single Sunday just watching Fool's Gold on TNT. So I have to ask what your go-to Sunday movie is. Oh, God. That's hard. If it's just me, I'm a scary movie girl. So if it's me on a Sunday, I will probably watch some like – dumb 90s movie like I watched Scream last week I know what you did last summer was on the other day when I was I think I was watching some I was watching something on some station and then I zoned out and looked at my laptop for too long and I looked up and I know what you did last summer was on I was like oh my god I forgot this even existed yeah like I love that kind of shit on a Sunday I would be lying to you if I were to say I didn't watch every single American pie last week that I love that <laughs> I watched all four I didn't watch like the band camp and the ones that didn't have the main cast I only watched the four I watched American Pie American Pie 2 American Wedding and American Reunion I don't even know if I've seen American Reunion I might need to dip into that Mm, you don't. It's not. It, it's the worst. The best one I actually think is American Wedding. Really? I think it's American Wedding. Then I think it's American Pie Two. Then I think it's American Pie, and then I think it's American Reunion. Okay. I That's like my that. ranking. I, I didn't. I didn't forecast us uh, ranking the American Pie series on here, but I'm glad that you did. Yeah. <laughs> also, my fiance loves like lighthearted shit, so I find myself watching much more lighthearted shit with him. Like I can watch fucked up stuff constantly because that's like my personality. (laughs) I'm in, I'm in his, his boat for that. Scary, scary movies usually don't do me too well. I'm getting better with it, but I usually can't do it on like a, after like an afternoon or something like that it needs to be like halloween october yeah he's gotten me like like groundhog's day another great one that Makes you can sense. always watch ace ventura oh. even though it's problematic incredibly problematic but like in that realm you know what i'm saying yeah yeah, yeah. uh what's in your if i opened your refrigerator right now what would i find in there you would find let's go to the fridge <laughs> I think the- you'd find lettuce, eggs. A bunch of unused lettuce. A bunch of unused lettuce, eggs, um, carrots. Um, here's my fridge. It's cold brew. Very actually, Speaking of cold brew, leftover pasta, hummus, Abe eats yogurt, eggs. We have a bunch of shit in here. Bread. Champagne. You have to have the bot. You have to have one bottle of champagne in there just in case something good happens. And Abe made focaccia just now. Oh, that's looking good. You're Talk the- about bread. I'm very impressed. You're the first person to ever have the opportunity to actually go to their, uh, go to their refrigerator and and actually show what's in it. This is exciting. This is Abe. This is my person. Pleasure Hi. to meet you. I'm my bread maker. <laughs> That and good. that's kind of what's in there. I don't know if I missed anything else. Yeah, no. I like that you went with the Siggy's yogurt. 
He loves Siggy's. You love Siggy's. Love it. Siggy's is his favorite brand. I just, I like the little drawings on the front. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're cute. Yeah. Look at that. If that doesn't say artisanal product, I, I don't know. know what it does. It just makes you feel good inside. Oh, but you know what? Abe also does love this. And this, I think, is a good... Look at this Chobani. Oh, yeah. You got it. The Salted Caramel Crunch, just flipping it right over. Uh, those Come are dangerous. On. Come on. This is dessert. <laughs> it is. I mean, yeah, it and pretty much is one. Yeah. You know, that's... Oh, we have mushroom chocolates. Oh, that's exciting. You know... Just living, that's another, that's a very LA thing of us, microdosing on mushrooms. Yeah, that that might actually, we might need to amend your original answer about the most LA thing about you, because if you've got mushroom chocolates in there, then you're kind of skewing that way. Yeah, I think that that's, I think that's probably the most LA thing about me. Yeah. Uh, you kind of alluded to this earlier. You said your screen time was up 98%, which is just really impressive in its own right. Can you, are you willing to say what your iPhone screen time is looking like these days? Yeah, I did just get a report actually two days ago that my screen time is at six hours and 43 minutes, which is awful. But that being said, I spend way more time on my on my phone looking at bullshit than I do on my computer. My computer is very much a work zone for me. So like I'm like like Abe watches so much YouTube on his computer and like watches a bunch of shit and like reads a bunch of article on his computer. I do all of that stuff on my phone. So in Mm -hmm. fairness to me, a lot of my phone use is like some shit that most people would do on their computer. Well, if he ever brings it up to you, I think there is a way that you can turn it on in your computer. So if he ever tries to like hold it against you, then you can just turn on his screen time. So it all combines on his laptop. Yeah. Maybe I'll do that. Yeah. Because yeah, like my computer, I really like whenever I open my computer, my mind is like, work needs to happen here you know mm-hmm. yeah so i don't do my- any of that on the computer if i'm doing if i'm watching like youtube or anything like that i'm doing it on apple tv just so i don't feel like i'm just sitting on my phone or my laptop the entire time even though i'm that's just doing smart. something that i could be doing on my phone that's smart i should do that yeah. it's way better but yeah screen time is bad Oof. uh outside of scary movies and spending time on your phone what relaxes you what are your coping mechanisms <laughs> Exercise, walking, walk. I've been going on like one big walk a day during all of this. That really helps me. Um, like doing the crossword I've done every day or I've tried to do like Thursday and Friday is like impossible. But like <laughs> doing tasks that I can really focus on something outside of the bigger things that are going on just like helps me. That's why painting is like really helped me. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm, and just the walking thing, like getting outside and just like taking a break from everything and listening to music and just like walking. Yeah. Yeah. It's a very good way just to tune out. I, I'm fully on board. Uh, what's on your bedside table? Um, (laughs) this is also so LA of me, um, CBD drops, (laughs) CBD lotion, a bag of edibles, (laughs) um, frankincense, help, help relax. Now we're talking. Oh my God. Wow. This is so LA. Now that I'm doing this, my little pot of crystals. 
Oh my god. Oh. I know. You're like a goop you're like a goop catalog. I know. This is like really kind of funny that I'm showing you all this. Oh, bitch, you know it's Corona Purell. You have to. You have to. Um I have a picture of Abe when he was little. I have my prescription because I have lupus. I have um, the book that I'm currently reading, which is Scar Tissue, because I've never read it. I, I I didn't, to be honest, I didn't even know Anthony Kiedis had this, this biography. Oh, my God. It's iconic. You have to read. I need to read. That's and one then, thing I need to do more during quarantine. And then I have my bed glasses. Oh, nice. And that's it. That's what's on my bedside table. That's pretty good. I, I'm, I like that I'm getting just live updates from you rather than just like people trying to recall and just naming only like the, the stuff they're proud of rather than the stuff that they're like, oh, damn it. I have crystals on my bedside table. Yeah, no, I literally, I, I really am way more uh, stereotypical LA than I thought with all of my like weed products and, and um, crystals. But the thing is, I really like, I cannot weed and I do not get along, but like when the CBD stuff has been very helpful with sleep and also these like chill edibles have really helped me with sleep. So, you know, a lot of people who don't have good relationships with weed have a much better relationship with edibles. And I think it's because if they fall asleep, it's not that big a deal. Yeah. Like th that's the thing. Like I can just take a bit of an edible and immediately just like go to bed. However, I did wake up in the middle of the night one time after taking an edible. And when I woke up, I was like, Whoa, I'm so high. And then I was like, <laughs> I need to go back to sleep. I shouldn't. I probably shouldn't tell this story. But one time I, I came home after being out on like, I think it was Memorial Day or Labor Day, one of those two. And I had to work the next day. And my roommate, who I did not know was doing this, made just like a big tray of weed brownies. And when I got home from having a good day, I was like, oh, I'm going to eat one of these brownies that he made. He's a really good cook. And I didn't but realize that it had another weed. No. And I woke up the next day for work and I had to call my boss. Luckily, I was working a very relaxed job, but I called my boss and I was like, yeah, I can't drive in right now. I was like, I am just completely out of it. And until about 2 p.m. the next day, I just couldn't move. <laughs> they can really they can really mess you up. Yeah, it was it was a brutal day. But I mean, luckily, luckly, everything was fine and uh, no one really cared. So I was I was in good hands. Yeah. Uh, final question. What does your ideal Sunday consist of? Oh, I had a pretty good one this past Sunday. So I've gotten really into making waffles. Mm hmm. So I would probably start the day making like a delicious breakfast of like some waffles and scrambled eggs. We have a berry in there. Maybe someone makes bacon. I don't know what's going on. Mm -hmm. So we have that and then probably go for like a nice drive out to the beach and then like have a beach moment. I would love to have like a very cold cocktail at some point in there um maybe around like 4 p.m have like a very cold glass of wine or something of that sort and then drive home have a really nice early dinner in the backyard and then watch a movie i mean that sounds great an alfresco dinner just straight into a movie just sounds wonderful yeah and then you know, you had the cocktail earlier, so then come like 9 p.m., you don't you're you feel totally fine and normal and good. That's the key. If you're yeah. if you're pouring like more than one or two drinks after the sun goes down, then you're going to regret that the next day.
Yeah. yeah. So that's just what it is. Well, Greta, it's been such a pleasure. What a treat. I'm so happy we got to chat. I'm so happy that our relationship is now more virtually real. I know. Yeah. We're just taking it one step at a time. So I, I, I really like the trajectory that we're going at. I really, I want to come down to Austin. I love it there. Let me know. We can get bagels with chive cream cheese and some uh, Americanos. I love it there. <laughs> it's such a great city that you live in. It is. It is. I try to make it out to California as much as I can, but it's kind of getting more difficult with this uh, little coronavirus thing happening, huh? Well, if you want a road trip out here, let me know. I will take you to eat a mushroom, have an edible. <laughs> Perfect. Sounds like a plan. Okay. All right. Have a great one. You too. Bye. If you liked what you heard today, make sure to subscribe, review, or tell a friend in need about this podcast. By subscribing, you guarantee that each and every episode gets delivered directly to your phone every Sunday morning. You can also follow along on Twitter at Sundayscaries and Instagram, which is at Sunday.scaries, or you can follow me on both Twitter and Instagram at Will DeFreeze. And remember, stay home, wash your hands, and keep a friendly distance. See you next Sunday.